Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Russ Terry, the founder and CEO of Life Coach Radio Networks. Today's sponsor is Audible.com, a leading provider of spoken audio entertainment and information. Listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want. Get a free audiobook when you sign up for a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. That's audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. And now, here's today's show. Hello, you're listening to Being a Leader Live with Brenda Baird, a program that explores topics important to being a great leader. Now, you may be wondering if a leadership show is right for you. Well, I believe we are leaders somewhere in our lives, and certainly we are the leaders of our own life. So welcome, settle in, you're in the right place. Tonight, we have a very special show, in fact, a series of shows um, that's called being at home for the holidays. I'm your host, Brenda Baird, and I am so grateful you're listening. And my hope is tonight's show inspires you to reflect and take some action to make your life and career the best that it can be, because you deserve it. The show is live, and we welcome listeners to call in with questions or maybe even given our topic around family dynamics and being home for the holidays, you may even have a situation that you want to share with us and get some coaching advice. So give us a call. The number is 646-716-9397. Just press one to get in the queue and we'll take our calls in the order that they come. So hang on, don't leave the queue. We'll get to you as soon as we can. We'll be spending more time with family and friends than perhaps is normal throughout the you know, normal parts of the year. And all of that togetherness, it can create some stress and anxiety. It's 50 days. In the next 50 days, we will see the celebration of Thanksgiving, of Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, and New Year's. Holidays I'm sure that I've missed, and there's probably going to be some birthdays and weddings mixed in there too. Lots of festivities, and for most of us, many, many chances to spend time with friends and family. But let's be honest, all that holiday togetherness isn't always easy. There's the stress of dealing with family issues, the issues that manage to stay hidden during most of the years. And sometimes it's all we can do to keep the smile on our face when we're getting a hefty helping of what seems like criticism sometimes or even unwanted feedback during those holiday conversations. So deep breath, everybody. Let's make this holiday season different. Joining me in the studio tonight to help strategize ways to deal with the holidays is the Reverend Henry Schoenfield. 
Henry is a regular here on Being a Leader. It's always a pleasure to have you on the show, Henry. You bring us your positive insights and expertise in life coaching and spiritual leadership. Henry, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much, Brenda. And it's such a pleasure to be here uh, tonight, the beginning of this series, and as always, to, uh, to be on the air with you. I'm really looking forward to a great show and a great series. Oh, thank you so much. You know, Henry, the holidays are upon us, those times filled with food and festive decorations, and yes, that crazy family drama. <laughs> Generally, the result mm-hmm. of stress. Sometimes, you know, it's uh, overextending ourselves and all of the planning and logistics that go into the holidays and work. It can be even end-of-year expectations. But so many times, it's about clashing family expectations and personalities that really have created some long-standing unhealthy family dynamics. So whatever the case is for, for our listeners, Just know that Henry and I are passionate about helping people to understand why this happens and to provide some suggestions to set yourself up for success as you try to navigate family dynamics during the holidays. Being at Home for the Holidays is a six-part series. We've created this to help people discover new ways to concentrate their energies on that which they can control so that they can experience peace and joy this holiday season. So starting tonight and continuing each week through December 28th, we're going to shine some light on the things that trigger us to understand the feelings behind the stories we tell ourselves and to learn to see clearly that there really is another way. You know, it doesn't mean you have to abandon your family traditions. It means for you showing up and being with family in a different way. We'd like to think maybe this this show series is our gift to you. So perhaps, uh, Henry, you might tell everybody a little bit about yourself and your thoughts about this topic, sort of what drew you to to this, for us to create this show. Sure, absolutely. So, As a a spiritual coach, a spiritual leader, and a coach, one of the things that I'm really passionate about is helping people to live a life that is alive. And, you know, I know that sounds just really kind of common, that it's just common sense that, well, we're alive. But the truth is that so often in our lives we get stuck in patterns that we're not aware of that we just go through the motions. And so as, uh, as, as a coach and a spiritual leader, what I really love to do is to help people draw awareness. You know, what is going on? What is really important? What might need to fall by the wayside? You know, and all of those things come directly to bear on our families, you know, and, uh, especially coming from uh, my family experience and recognizing the ways that I have been shaped for good and otherwise uh, in the family, uh, that I really value that this is where we need to put our focus to really be able to understand ourselves and our place in the world. 
And so that's what I, uh, why I'm so excited to be with you, Brenda, and with all of our listeners in this series over these next several weeks that we can really consider how do we want to show up. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Because the holidays really are a time where there is this mix of anxiety and stress and it's all sort of in an envelope of our old family patterns. And I know what drew, drew me to um, work with you on this, this series of topics about family dynamics and holidays is I was having, you know, my own personal experience at the moment um, unrelated to holidays, but certainly the same family dynamic was, was presenting itself through a uh, family situation. And, I was, you know, at that place again where I was really just uh, feeling sad and disappointed and wondering why, always asking why, what is it about me, you know, all of those things. And so I, you know, I chatted with you about what was happening with me and thought this, this is a great topic to share with our listeners. You know, both of us come from it from a very similar place in terms of understanding that our family dynamics come from the way in which our family was created and the way in which it grew and possibly grew apart and everyone plays their roles in it. And so um, having awareness about what's actually happening was for me one of the very first steps for me to take better care of myself whenever I was faced with the dynamics of this particular family situation. So um, I think the show, the series is going to be quite helpful. It's an approach to holiday stress that I think is is different than what we normally see, uh, you know, people um, providing holiday stress advice and t- tips and things like that. This is more about the inner work of getting ready for the holidays so that you can have the peace and joy that you deserve and be around those that you love in a different way, showing up in a different way. And I think it can make all the difference to the kind of holiday gatherings that you're going to have. So, Absolutely. You know, one yeah. of the things I love about how the timing has worked out is to have this first show before Thanksgiving. You know, so folks can start to think about some of these ideas and then to look how it shows up in the families. Yeah. You know, so that then we can really unpack that over the next uh, five weeks after um, Thanksgiving. Yeah, because I, I really do think that it is about self-awareness, about, you know, sitting around the table and the conversations began, the ones that trigger us. If you really listen to your heart and, and think back, these conversations are almost repeated holiday after holiday after holiday. (laughs) And so, (laughs) you know, having awareness, the awareness to just be still in those moments and just listen and observe and see what's happening can even be some relief um, for folks that are, you know, experiencing some pretty challenging times ahead. For sure. So we're, we're talking about family. The name of this show tonight is called Coming Together, and it's exactly just that in my mind. It's this, okay, Thanksgiving is going to be at Grandma's, and everybody's going to be there. Some people we haven't seen in a while. There'll be, you know, this 
um, updating of everyone about their status. You'll be looking at people for the first time in a long time and have they gained weight or have they lost weight or do they need a haircut and all those things start to come out as, (laughs) as we come together. So, um, why do you think that this is the right place for us to start talking about our family? Well, it's, it's a great question, you know, because the thing is that for as much focus as we get in this culture, particularly on being an individual, we are fundamentally members of groups, right? And our family group that we are a member of, and it shapes us in so many ways because who we are, the parts that we play in our lives, come back to our families. I mean, I would invite our listeners just to think about it. Think about how you relate in any group. Now, that can be a work group, a civic group, a professional group, but the chances are that how you relate in those groups is also how you relate in your family. And so that's why we start with the family because it is our primary group and it shapes how we are in groups. Yeah, that's right. That's the one thing um, in my coaching practice, and I'm sure you teach the same thing, that whether you're at work or whether you're at home, uh, or whether you're out on the soccer field or what all the different hats that we wear in our lives, that we are internally the same person. And we take all of the, our baggage and beliefs and values with us wherever we go. So a problem that you're having at work is probably a very similar problem that you may be having at home or vice versa, um, because it is who we are as a person. And um, being able to look at how we interact in those groups or in our family is absolutely, in my mind, the perfect place for us to start exploring what this actually means. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So as as we're getting started, yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, so tell me what else you've, you've got going on your on your mind right now about family and groups and. Yeah, so, you know, there's there's a lot of ideas that uh, that I draw from uh, family systems theory, uh, which is basically a theory of relationships that talk about how we are embedded in community and particularly in family. So this one idea that I'd like to play with a little bit is that all relationships exist in the tension between being an individual and being a part of the group. Yeah. In other words, all, all relationships exist in the tension between autonomy and belonging. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, that is a really profound statement. And for those of you who are listening, um, to think about as we approach groups, as we approach family gatherings, isn't that really what we all want is to know we belong and we're included 
and we're part of something bigger than just ourselves. Um, Mm -hmm. And that connection that we have with others is really what we're looking for deep down. Absolutely. That connection Mm -hmm. and to be an individual. I mean, it's, it's really a paradox, you know, um, that, that we want to both be who we are in our individual selves. And we want that individual self to be part of something bigger. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That really is true. And, and with that is the understanding of who I am as an individual too. Wouldn't you agree this, um, who am I and how do I fit into this group and to have everyone sort of have that understanding? Absolutely. I mean, there's no, you know, for as much focus of individualism as we may get in this culture, we don't exist outside of a group. Tell me more about that. Well, in relationships, right? I I, I know as I think about this, uh, drawing from from my background in in the Christian tradition, the idea of Trinity, right? The interrelations within within God. Well, it just shows that that as human beings that we are relational, you know. And so it's it's being embedded in those relationships that help to define who we are. Yeah. Yeah, that's so very true. Either there's talk of birth order and. Um, and some of those dynamics within family um, can all set us up to sort of determine what our role is um, within the family. But we couldn't be family if we weren't relationship oriented and, and relational to each other. Um, And it's a very powerful thing when it works well. (laughs) (laughs) That's the secret, Henry. If it works well. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Only, only it doesn't usually work out that way. (laughs) I, uh, in a former career of mine, um, I did some work with law enforcement and I had a police officer once who told me that, um, Holidays are always quite busy for law enforcement, uh, primarily because groups of people get into some very small places and there's generally alcohol involved. <laughs> and he claimed that family members who haven't seen each other for a very long time, maybe only once a year, come together. And it doesn't take very long, especially after some consumption of, of many things, food and drink, that they begin to realize why they don't come together more often. <laughs> <laughs> and and the fight the fights ensue. So um I think it's really important to to really as we sit back and observe ourselves as we begin these holiday celebrations and with people that we really do care about and, and love them, their families, um, to sort of observe what happens to us in those moments and to understand that this is a part of a system, a family system, and we were raised in it. Every one of the family members was positioned in that and that there is a bit of a of a pattern there. And I know from my personal family experience, 
um, the, w- there was a time when the family was quite large. And this, I'm talking back when I was, you know, eight, nine, ten years old, and all of my aunts and uncles and cousins and everyone would come together. And you could almost predict that either just as the meal was to be served or before while we're doing preparation, something was going to break down in the kitchen and the sisters and their brother were going to fight and that my mom was a part of that. And someone's feelings were going to get hurt and it was always around similar conversations that would come up or um, opinions folks would have about something that would always come up during this, this very, busy, hectic time in the kitchen, and it always meant that someone around the table was either teary-eyed or wasn't talking, and it happened year after year after year. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's funny, yeah. As, as you were saying that, I was thinking about that idea of uh, individual, individual allowance and belonging. You know, and you can just look at that table and see what's happening in the room in, in any given moment uh, that is either helping people to move towards each other or move away from each other. Uh, that's right. And that's really what has happened in my particular family is we've had a lot of deaths now and and um, really it's down to uh, my siblings and I and the dynamics and the pain and the and all of that has really led our family to sort of kind of go their own way now. Um, and that in itself can also be uh, something painful to deal with. And I know we're going to talk about that in future shows, but you're right. You either have a coming together or you have a pulling apart. I you know, wish that because we, we, we would understand why that happens, you know? <laughs> why? What happens? Like the the why of, of growing apart, I guess, is what, um, for me, I have a value in uh, around connection and a value around communication. And so to mm-hmm. have a family pull apart, um, is is really a point of of sadness for me, and and wish that our family could have maybe found a better way um, to manage our own stress during that time. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I mean I can relate to that, you know, because it's the same thing with uh, with, with my family that you know we had a couple of. Uh, family gatherings towards the end of the year, and it was really clear how how much emotional stuff there is, kind of that they've not dealt with, and yet people don't really know how to deal with it. Yeah, you know, and so we just drift apart. Yeah. Well, listeners, I want to remind you that if you have a particular situation. Uh, that you're preparing for as you get ready for your family gatherings and you want to talk about it, um, Henry and I would love for you to call in. So it's okay to share those particular situations. The more particular we are, the more universal this conversation will be. So please give us a call at 646-716-9397. Tell us,
situation, and Henry and I will talk it out with you and see what we can't come up with. Yeah, uh, family. <laughs> yeah, it seems like, um, for my particular case anyway, I can only speak for myself, is that, you know, my professional career, which was in a corporate environment doing learning and development, with that brought a lot of inner work. I did also seek out therapy. And then as a coach today, it's a constant reflection of intention motivations and being still and wondering, you know, what it is that you want and how do you want to show up. And that's been a benefit for me in terms of being able to glean awareness from these family encounters about what's actually happening. And I think my family members in their own way have done their own processing and internal work as well. But it has always been fascinating to me, and you and I have talked about this before, that in spite of all of that inner work, when we find ourselves in situations, whether at work or at home or these special holidays, that a trigger can put us right back to where we were before. So I know you've done a lot of work on that. Maybe you could talk a little bit more about that. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, it starts out very much in the way that you're talking, Brenda. Uh, I I think a good part of the reason why I ended up in the vocation and the career of spiritual leadership and helping and coaching and all of this uh, continual learning and formation was precisely because what I felt was missing in my family. You know, and that thing where, yeah, you can do all the work that you want on yourself and then you get back into the family environment and, you know, you're who you were. Uh, you know, I can be around all of my, my, uh, my brothers and sisters and, you know, I'm, I'm the youngest in my family, you know, and so as soon as I get around all of my uh, brothers and sisters, I'm little Henry again. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it makes me crazy. It does, it does, it does. Because I'm the same way. I'm the youngest of of my family, and um, but today I'm 56, and I'm I've had mm-hmm. a tremendously successful career. Today I'm a life and leadership coach, and I help people to overcome challenges like this. But doggone, bring us all together, even if it's on a phone call. And I'm right back to being that, you know, 12-year-old girl who um, isn't heard and and coming from a different generation because my siblings are so much older than I am, this lack of understanding of, you know, the culture in which I grew up and, the, and who I am as a person. And I go right back to that place of defending myself and feeling um, excluded. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know the thing, and it, I'm sure our listeners can can really relate to that. And the first thing really is to know that that's normal. You know, it's totally normal to go back to the role that we have in our families, and that's one of the reasons for that is that systems want equilibrium. 
they don't want to change. You know, systems mm-hmm. want to be who they are. Yeah. And so it's almost like a tractor beam. You get uh, even close to that system, and we're pulled back into our old familiar role. Yeah. So many times, you know, the issues, the core issue, or or as we say in the coaching world, the thing behind the thing, the thing that's really bugging us, that pain never gets brought forward and hashed out and, and really released. And so it just always is underneath the surface, just waiting to poke at somebody. Um, And we just do. We fall into the ruts. I I heard this yesterday. Uh, It's much different to be stuck in a rut or to be on a path. (laughs) And and you don't want to be in the rut. You want to be on a path. Even, Even if the path has been walked before and there is a clear road to follow, um, you don't want it to be in the rut. And um, that's sort of how I see it uh, during this time of year when we come together is we're driving along on our path and then, oops, our wheels slip right into those ruts of <laughs> of, of the past. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So talk a little bit more, if you would, about um, this work with family systems that you've done. And, and how that just talk talk to us more about that. Yeah, so I'll say that that actually working with family systems has been really relieving for me. And the first reason why it's been relieving for me is that I can start to see myself as part of an emotional whole. You know, the the family. As as a system represents one kind of emotional thing, and so the part that I play is a part of one system, you know. And the reason mm-hmm. I find that so helpful is because it helps me to kind of have some space, depersonalize just a little bit uh, how I behave, you know, because I can say. I've gotten to be here for a very good reason, you know, and, and I can look around at my family and see the uh, emotional dance that we're all involved in. You know, it's yeah. one of the reasons why I've really been uh, been drawn to this work. And then the another thing which relates to one of the things you are just saying about how we can just so easily go our separate ways uh, relates to exactly you're talking about there are things that we deal with and things that we don't deal with you know uh-huh. and I know again in my family there's so much that we haven't dealt with and lo and behold my siblings and I really don't have I mean we talk to each other but don't we, we're not really close well right. of course we're not close because we haven't dealt with the stuff you know yeah. how could we be close uh, yeah and I find in my situation with my siblings, we don't talk. And the reason we don't talk is because the stuff has bubbled so close to the surface and it's so um, painful and, and hurtful that we can't help but come together and it's popping up really quick. 
And so there's yeah. this tendency yeah. then to not come together because, um, because even in the way in which the, the cl- conflict is resolved is a pattern, right? So yeah. someone will, uh, you know, and I, I can point them out, but I won't. Someone will <laughs> take a position like, I don't have any problems. I've never had any problems. I don't know what's wrong with you guys, but I'm happy. You know, I, and then the other person is like, I don't want to cope with it. I don't want to talk about it. I just want to eat my food. And, <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and I'm one who, who wants to hash it out. I want to talk about it. I want to put it out. I want to sort it out. And that isn't what they want to do. And so that's our little dynamic, you know, is um, avoidance, denial, put on the blinders, and me trying to control trying to resolve so that we can be a family and um, yeah. you know that Henry that just doesn't work very well <laughs> <laughs> Oddly <can> enough. <laughs> you know and you raised something really uh, a really great point Brenda and that is that we all have a role to play you know yeah. maybe helpful to think of like a sports team um, um, and I'll go to basketball just because it's a manageable number of people uh, on a basketball team, you know, that, that the team operates as, as one, you know, the, the point guard might do something completely different um, than, I don't know, the forward. I, I just ran out of my, uh, my basketball uh, knowledge um, of terms, but, you know, <laughs> it takes all of them to be a yeah. team. Likewise, yeah. we all play the part, our part. And I know we're going to, to, dive a little bit more into uh, what role that, that we play in, in our next episode. But just to realize, it's not just us. You know, we're all playing uh, a, a role here uh, in, in, in our family system, you know. And we said before that, that, that systems want equilibrium. So, of course, it's easy to play our part. Yeah. And I think for this first show, the important point we want to drive home is that just having the awareness when you come back together, whatever group it is that you're coming and walking back into, is that because there is this natural tendency to seek equilibrium and psychologically, almost unconsciously, we tend to go where things are familiar. That's why we have habit, sometimes good, sometimes bad, is because it's familiar. And it's also when you look at, um, for example, domestic violence even, you, the question is always like, well, why does this woman or this man enter into these relationships where they know it's not going to be healthy? Well, because many times it's familiar. It feels familiar, and so mm-hmm. in our minds, unconsciously, unless we become enlightened and we're more aware of it, that familiarity makes us think that this is how it's supposed to be and that this is family mm. and that this is love and this is how we are supposed to do it. When in fact, just taking a moment to step back and observe that these dynamics are happening, that we've come together and some people are feeling familiar and are responding in familiar ways and observing how that happens. 
there can be great freedom in being able to step back out of that cycle of dysfunction, that you can look at it in a more open-hearted way to say, well, the reason this is happening is not because my brother is an asshole. (laughs) It's happening because (laughs) there's dynamics in play here. This is the way in which this particular family system was created, uh, created a lot of times during those formative years when we couldn't make sense of anything, right? Mm -hmm. Everything is about us when we're, when we're children. And so when things don't go right, it has to be about us and the neck that can create defensiveness and all of these patterns get created and they stick. They become very familiar. They become ruts. And when we come together, we just, it just clicks into place in order for the family to keep rolling and um, having that awareness, if it, you know, I, I'm hoping we get some folks to call in, maybe even in session two, the show two, to talk about maybe their observations over Thanksgiving and what that looked like for them and what realizations they had when they came to the, the you know, the Thanksgiving table with just this different perspective of observation. You're not there to change anything. You're not there to walk away or, you know, be disruptive, but just to be observant, observant of your own thoughts and feelings, observant of the triggers, watch how other people are also triggered because you can see it. And uh, just to be still in that and and observe it can be quite powerful. Absolutely. I mean, you know, one of the things about, uh, uh, observing the dynamics that are going on is once we step into the role of the observer, we are no longer the same kind of participant yeah. in the dynamics. Like, That's right. you know, you could get caught in an argument and, and I mean, we, we all have our own examples of this, right? That, that mm-hmm. we've gotten caught into, uh, into an argument uh, with a loved one and we're just we're just going at it without any kind of awareness of what's happening in us or in or with each other, you know. But when right. we start to observe, then we get a little bit of space. We get a little bit of distance, and we're no longer playing our part. Yes, and that's the space where yes. we have some power, right? Yeah, right. And it's a place where we can better cope with what's happening around us. Um, it's, oh. it's not as, yeah, totally. I mean, it just changes the way we can look at the uh, at our family, and um, and understand it. You know. Yeah. 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 Even 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 if we can't intellectually understand it, we can at least understand it from the perspective of seeing it at work, you know, like, Oh, I got it. Okay. So, so when, when my brother, who, you know, going back to the the, the case, it's like, I think my brother is an asshole. And so I'm going to respond to him in a particular way. And then lo and behold, guess what? You know, (laughs) he's the asshole that I always thought he was. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. That's right. It's so right. I can just stop and observe what's happening without the judgment, you know, then things start to shift. Like the guy, you know, just 
showed up late. He forgot to bring what he was going to, whatever it is. Um, yeah. But that, that space of observation. Yeah. Um, and you and know I what's think too, cool too, too, sorry. Um, no. The, the thing about that observation is noticing the patterns of communication. Um, yeah. You know, I was at my, one of my sister's weddings not so long ago and uh, the, you know, my, my siblings and I were all standing around and, and talking, which, you know, given how close we are or how close we aren't, as the case may be, we really don't have a lot to talk about after, you know, a few minutes. And so what ended up happening as we were standing around talking was we started talking about, uh, about traffic navigation apps. And, you know, there's a part of me that, that, that would want to just, like, lose my mind and think, why are we talking about this? You know, but then to, 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 to back up and just to, to kind of notice, oh, isn't this interesting? Here we all are in this one space, and we don't have any other way to relate to each other other than to triangulate to a, a, a traffic app. You know, yeah, but that's yeah. only available when when we have that space of observation. Yes, right. Yeah, that's true. You know, um, from um, some of the internal work that I have I have done, I actually have read a lot on the topic of codependency and how that has an impact on family systems. And the author um, Melody Beadle. codependency and she in her book um codependent no more um she she gives some advice in that book about for those of us who have this tendency who have grown up in families where we have this tendency to be caregivers or feel responsibility for other people's behaviors that the only way that we can find freedom from that craziness is to unhook from the system by refusing to try to control the other person. Yes. And some of her words are so profound to me. I actually have to write them down and I have to think about them from a long time, for a long time. But that's really what you've been sharing with us is that these patterns exist and we've been a part of them so much. And the only real true freedom is to back up, observe, see the dynamics that are in play and try to unhook from it in some way. Step one, just by being an observer that it's happening, recognizing that it's happening, understanding that everyone around the table is experiencing the same thing. I I believe, I believe these families come together and my family's not unique. Your family's not unique. There's families all over this nation who are going to come together over these upcoming holidays over the next 50 days. And they're going to anticipate a wonderful gathering of family. And they may even look forward to it at some point and hope that, you know, maybe this year will be the year that my brother doesn't act that way. Or maybe mom mm-hmm. won't ask those silly questions about when am I going to get married or, you know, <laughs> and, and the expectations are high. And 
by unhooking from the system, we can have a shift, I guess, in our perspective. And we, we talked about this a lot as we were preparing for the show, that this shift of focus has to occur from the focus being on other people, right? Like if we come to the table and we're just so preoccupied with what is my brother going to say? When's my mom going to do that? How's this going to go? What if Uncle Joe gets drunk? You know, <laughs> if, we, mm-hmm. if we walk into it with this really external focus, we're probably going to walk away very disappointed at the end of the time that we had together um, because everyone will be playing their roles, including ourselves. So if we can take the focus off of us and put it into ourselves to to say your words again, how do we want to show up? How can we show up and be an observer this time? How does that allow us to unhook from this system that really causes us a lot of a lot of pain and hurt? For sure, for sure. Yeah. I love that. So you're talking about uh unhooking from the system. You know, mm-hmm. and that focus, you know, to shift the focus from the internal uh, on, you know, the individual members of the family and what they're doing to what's going on right here, you know, yes. internally. You know, because right. the truth is that we can't shift relationships that are outside of us. We can only shift inside. However, as you said, you know, emotions are felt throughout the system, you know. And so when I start to shift, when I am no longer as anxious uh, by what's happening or I'm no longer hooked by what's happening and I mm-hmm. start to get curious and observe, well, I'm also going to be the cause of other people shifting. Not right away, you know. It's not like it's going to happen at Thanksgiving dinner because because you're you know all of a sudden I'm paying attention to uh, to the dynamics that it's just going to change overnight, but it will change little by slowly once we start to have some awareness and some space. Right. Yeah, I I think that's right. Do you have any thoughts about? Um... I know you talked about the the tension that exists between autonomy of being an individual person and the belonging to the larger group and how there's a tension there. Talk more, if you would, a little bit about what that anxiety is and where that comes from. Mm -hmm. Well, so, I mean, I I can think of uh, just using myself as, as an example you know, the, the youngest of six, um, I, as a young kid, I thought that in order to kind of really be a part of the family, I had to do something that nobody else had ever done. Um, ah. Well, the youngest of six, trying to do something that none of my siblings have ever done, that's, that's a hard thing. Um, yeah. <laughs> but there it is, Right. In order to belong, I have to be an individual. In order to be unique, I have to fit in. You know, and I, and, and I can see it in, in, in other uh, uh, groups as well, that, that um, when I am new in any group, that I'm kind of holding back. Do I actually belong here? 
But mm-hmm. ironically enough, do I actually do I belong here has something to do with am I valued as an individual? Yeah. Um, yeah. So that interplay, it's, it's all over the place. It is. It is an interplay. And the the beginnings of it actually begin with our parents. And so I know that, you know, there's a lot of people who've been through therapy and they, they can walk out of therapy and, you know, they're going to blame their mom or they're going to blame their dad on the reasons why things are the way they are. And when you look at your own small family unit, when you, you know, your mom, your dad, and your siblings, should you have them, I think it's true to say mom and dad do create the environment. Mom and dad do create the dynamics. And are they nurturing? And are they good communicators? And do how do they resolve conflict? All of that plays into what role do we take on in the family, the dynamics of the family, who feels included, who feels excluded, is there favoritism? I mean, all of those things begin to play. But the important observation to have is that your parents, and this was a very difficult thing for me to accept and then now today be able to express it out loud, is that our parents also came from a system that formed them as well. And we sort of hand yeah. down generationally, generation after generation after generation. And I've even heard some people say that um, culturally, like uh, cultures across the globe, that it can take multiple generations for trauma to be resolved, on, even at a national level, because it actually seeps into our DNA almost. It's just the patterns that we grow up in. It's the and and those before us bring their own patterns with them and then create this new family and so on and so on. And so it's not a small thing. It's a big thing. Right. And everybody no, absolutely. Yeah, everybody has their the best of intention, but they also have their own stuff. Yeah. Absolutely, and it is. I mean, it is generational, as as as, as you say that that um, you know some of the work that I do is with congregations in times of transition, and I often talk about what's happened in this congregation, you know, and saying that the memory of what has happened lives in the walls, even if nobody is alive to hold that memory. Yes. And the same sort of thing happens in our families, who we are, how we operate, how we communicate, our closeness or, or our distance, um, all of that is transmitted generally, generationally, you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and what, you know, and the reason why we keep coming back to awareness is because that usually happens without awareness. It's just the way it is in our family. It's just the yeah. way that it is. This is just how we do it, you know, which isn't necessarily true. But as long as we're not aware of what the dynamics are, um, then it will be true. Yeah. And it will continue to re- repeat itself into the families we then go off and create, however that looks. If we don't Mm -hmm. seek some self-awareness, seek some healing, seek some better understanding of how do I want to show up in the world? How do I want to be in the world? The patterns will 
they will continue. Yeah, yeah, it's that old saying about yeah. putting lipstick on a pig, you know? Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. Well, we only have about 10 minutes left to our program um, tonight. And I, one thing that I really would like us before we sort of tie this up into a conclusion is I want to talk a little bit more about the series itself. So tonight we talked about coming together and what that means, you know, that coming together and realizing that when you come together to a group, whether it be family or friends, a work, whatever, that there are systems and patterns within that group that we are all a part of. And, you know, becoming um, an observer of how that plays out is the first step to truly beginning to change how we can shift our perspective about our family and our family holiday gatherings. And what it brings for us is peace and tranquility and acceptance Um, of who other people are without judgment, as you've so eloquently talked about tonight, and without trying to control them. Um, Because that's often what happens in those patterns is we, we, as you begin to observe, you'll also find that there's people who begin to try to control situations in order to minimize the impact of someone who's behaving badly. Yeah. And, yeah. And so that's really was our focus tonight was just really, okay, you're coming together. Um, this is what can happen. And you can better take care of yourself if you can begin then to, to make some of those observations. Now, our next show, show two, is going to be more about our place at that table. What role do we play and recognizing the role that we play. Um, So we're going to talk a little bit more around that. And show three is going to be um, (laughs) on the side of the Grinch Sold Christmas. We're going to talk about the who from Whoville. And in the coaching world, um, the who is um, everything that we have experienced in our life creates who we are. And so we're going to to expand on that a little bit more. Then by show four, we're going to begin to shine some light on the real work, the real work of healing, the real work of moving your observations and shifting your perspective to a place of understanding. And then show five is called Magical Thinking. And this is going to be about, you know, How do we then take everything we've learned in these first four shows, the inner work that we've done, and understand that we have control of how we show up and and, um, and, and how we want to be within the family. We get to choose. And then we're going to wrap that up with being able to say goodbye to the past. So those things that sort of keep us hooked into that system, we're going to learn how to say goodbye. So those are the six shows all together. I don't know if there's anything else you want to talk about in terms of the series and, and what we hope the outcome would be, if you have any thoughts about that. Well, one of the things that I would just encourage folks to do 
uh, on the, the the posts that are both on Linda's page, on my page, and in the Life Coach Video Network page that obviously we're posting about these shows. That if you have any questions that come up, uh, you know, things that, that you might want to call in uh, about or, you know, that, that you that you have a burning question and you, you didn't necessarily want to uh, to call in, to go ahead and post those, you know, because the truth is that if, if you have a question, other people have questions too. Uh, and, you know, as, as we're saying at the top of the show, that we really want this series to be of service. Our gift to you all, our listeners, in this holiday season. And so the more that, that, uh, that, that we can hear from you and your specific concerns, your specific situations, uh, the more that we're really getting to be able to, uh, to serve. Uh, and, and that's what we're really interested in in this series. Yeah. So people can reach out to us in a variety of ways. You can reach me through um, my website, brindabairdcoaching.com, or you can send me an email directly, brinda at brindabairdcoaching.com, or on Facebook, you can find me under Brenda Baird Coaching, believe it or not. <laughs> and, uh, and you can pop your questions um, into the comment field. Uh, whatever feels appropriate to you. And, Henry, why don't you share um, how folks can get a hold of you? Sure. So uh, y'all are going to notice a pattern here because you can find me on the web at henryshonfieldcoaching.com. Um, <laughs> and you can... <laughs> Email me at henry at henryshonfieldcoaching.com. Also find me on Facebook, uh, Henry Schoenfield Coaching. <laughs> We're so creative, aren't we? Right. <laughs> 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 oh, can you believe that our hour is, is almost up? It, it goes so fast uh, when, when we have our shows. It's, so, it's such a good good positive vibe to, to be with you on the air. And I really, really want to say thank you for pulling this series together. I think it's going to have great impact for folks. And, and we really do want people to reach out to us with your particular situation. Thanksgiving is right around the corner. So if you're dreading something in particular, just contact uh, either one of us um, and we'll try to try to just walk you through um, how it is you want to show up and what changes might need to to happen in your perspective about what's actually happening. So uh, any final thoughts, Henry, about today's topic, come together, family systems, and the roles that patterns of family? Well, so the what I'd really like to leave our listeners with are uh, four easy steps. You know, if uh, the the takeaway of this show, going into the holidays, we're going to uh, encounter family dynamics, and by observing them, there's four things, right? So first, to notice that there is something going on. There are family dynamics at play. Um, then to start to get curious, huh? What are, what are the dynamics that are at play? Um, mm-hmm. To see how the tension that exists between, um, between individuality and belonging might be at play. And then finally, 
to to notice what anxiety might be under the surface of everything that you see. What's the anxiety that's under the surface and driving all of this behavior? So mm-hmm. I would just encourage our listeners, go home, enjoy, and observe. Yeah. So one question, if we were in a coaching session, Henry, and and working with someone who was anticipating that there might be a problem, a coaching question that I might pose to them would be, what is it really that you are anxious about? Mm-hmm. So we know that it's really, it's not about that, you know, Uncle Fred is always an hour late. It It's not about that, you know, mom always asks about when you're going to get married. But to get really clear about what is it really, that thing behind the thing that you're anxious about could help be helpful in this time. Brilliant. Yeah. Well, we're at the top of the hour. And so my final thoughts are are for listeners to remember this, that as you get ready to enter into the Thanksgiving holiday, any attempt that you make to try to control other people actually puts you under their control. And it locks you into the rut. It locks you into your family position. It puts into movement the family pattern. So by just recognizing that and recognizing that you want to show up differently, the first attempt is to focus inwardly and not try to focus externally and try to control what's happening, to try to make it be a happy, happy time. Just worry about your inner focus, about how do I want to show up at this holiday dinner. Because the only way you can get unstuck, thanks to Melody Beatties, who's helped me so much uh, with her codependent work, is to unhook from the system by refusing to try to control the people around you. So with that, Henry, I think we're at the top of the hour. It's a wrap. Uh, Been a great show. Thank you so much. So you can reach us at Brenda at Brenda Baird Coaching, Henry at HenrySchoenfield.com, or catch us on Facebook. Let us know what you need. And we'll see you next Thursday right here on the Life Coach Radio Network where we're going to be talking about our place at the table. So, okay, Henry, thank you. That's a wrap. Be safe and have fun. Great, Brenda. Have a great, right. uh, have a great Thanksgiving. <laughs> yes, yeah, you too. I will. <laughs> All right. All righty. Bye-bye. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.